Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It is a podcast that I do throughout the week, and then I string it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains, here in beautiful Asheville, Western North Carolina. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, the greatest little food city in America. And what makes our food city so great, I think I always describe it as being three things, basically. The fact that it is an amazingly authentic and immediate farm-to-table food town. Great little city surrounded by farms on all sides, about 20 minutes out of the outside the dead center of downtown. You're in farm country. And uh, so that's number one. Number two, the chefs and the cooks. Uh, we have world-class chefs that are from here and some that came here to cook and be part of our scene. At this point, we have three James Beard award-winning chefs that have restaurants in this town and at least a dozen that have been nominated once, twice, a half dozen times. And so uh, the chefs, the farm to table, the chefs, and then the last little element is me and you, the eaters. We have to be pretty sophisticated ourselves and our tastes, and we are spoiled here in Asheville. And I, I don't mean that we are uh, erudite or refined. We love a burger, a hot dog, a piece of fried chicken, but we love the best of those things. And we do love the more high-end foods. Like I always say, give me some asparagus foam on a plate and I'll be a happy camper. And another thing I always say is that I love it all from hot dogs to haute cuisine. And uh, so let's talk about some of that stuff. I, I, of course, am eating out a lot more than the average person and I'm loving it. And I do three food tours a week and I eat at those restaurants quite often on the food tours as well. So let's uh, just start about some, talk about some delivery I got. I had a uh, hankering for some Rocky's hot chicken and I live pretty far away from it. I do not drive a car. So I ordered it up through kickbackavl.com. I worked for Kickback during the first part of the 2020 shutdown. And I worked there for about a year and it was great. I learned all the ins and outs of delivery. And I also got to see that Rocky's Hot Chicken is one of the most popular places in Asheville to get delivery from. Like, we'd be taking calls that kickback all night long. And I'm telling you what, like, sometimes like 50% of them or more would be for Rockies. And they we have dozens and dozens of restaurants under the in the roster at kickback. And I still say we Jenny, Jenny Wellman, the owner of kickback told me I could still say we, when I talk about kickback. So yeah, uh, Rocky super popular. I love it. I got a hankering. I ordered four things. I got chicken tenders. I'll explain in a minute. And, um, a side of Mac and cheese, a side of corn pudding and a biscuit and, uh, the chicken tenders. Now, I do love chicken tenders. I ain't going to lie. It's just a fried chicken sandwich without the bread. And sometimes I don't want all of those carbs. And uh, and also, I happen to know that the chicken tenders at Rocky's come with bread. 
like there's a piece of bread underneath the chicken tenders, a piece of white bread. And uh, so I knew I'd get some bread and I love chicken tenders. I got them. What did I get them like hot? I don't go Rockies hot. I may have even gotten medium. I'm not sure. I, I try not to blow the flavor away with too much heat. And then uh, the mac and cheese from Rockies is just some of the best you'll ever have. I, I ate it all because it's best when you eat it, like when it comes. And so I ate it all and I left a bunch of other stuff to eat with other meals, but I ate all that mac and cheese because it's just perfect when it shows up. And of course, with Kickback, it showed up fresh, hot and delicious. Uh, Kickback's a great delivery service. And then um, the corn pudding at Rockies is just some of the best corn pudding you'll ever have. I kind of want to have a corn pudding uh, I'm not going to organize a competition. Don't get excited about that. But I'm going to personally do a corn pudding sort of smackdown. And because I love the corn pudding at Rockies, but I also love the corn pudding that is currently at Buxton Hall Barbecue, which used to be at Nani's. And there are other great corn puddings around town. So maybe y'all can recommend some for me and we'll do sort of a, we'll all do it together separately, not an event, but more of like just something that we're doing and then we're talking about online and stuff and i can make posts and whatnot so a corn corn pudding tell me your best corn puddings and then a biscuit for the next day although i have to admit that biscuit did not make it to the next day because rockies has some of my favorite biscuits they're just freaking great so rockies delivery all of those things they were super good uh, i did some posts online and everybody loves rockies Somebody did talk some smack about Rockies, but that happens. And other people kind of stood up for Rockies um, when that, and, and that always happens. Whenever people talk smack about the restaurants, usually somebody else is going to stand up for the restaurant. Now, uh, next, I went to 12 Bones River, as long as we're keeping in that sort of old school Asheville favorite category. My mom loves 12 Bones, and I do too. And so my mom had a couple friends from, from out, in from out of town, and we went to 12 Bones. And at 12 Bones, I got six bones, and that's like six ribs. And for my sides, I got beans and taters, uh, um, like a smoked potato salad and baked beans. And uh, I also got, of course, a piece of cornbread always comes with cornbread. They have great cornbread at 12 Bones, in my opinion. It's moist. It's sweet, but not too sweet. It's on the cakey side, but not too cakey. And it's good. I like it a lot. And everything was really good. I It was an enormous amount of food. Like It was just a heaping, helping of food. And so I, as I record this, I still have some in my fridge. So that was uh, 12 bones and we sat outside. It was a lovely day. It is getting nicer and nicer and nicer in Asheville. Knock on wood that uh, it does just keep getting nicer and that we don't run into like a bunch of 90 degree days in September. You never know what's going to happen these days, but it's been beautiful outside. So I have been eating more outside and it's been great. Uh, another Asheville favorite, speaking of which, uh, at a place that we usually eat outside, but last night we wanted to, we decided to eat inside because then we would be literally the only people inside the restaurant because everybody else was eating outside. So that was pretty cool. We went to All Souls Pizza down on Klingman Avenue, and it was great. Like We got a pizza and a tomato salad, and it was great. The tomato salad had some 
yogurt type stuff and it was very flavorful uh, a bunch of fresh red and yellow cherry tomatoes and just and, and zucchini like shaved thin and it was or summer squash if you will uh and it was fantastic it was really good that salad and the pizza was great it had been a long time since we'd had an all souls pizza and it was great it's a little bit of a different beast than the other pizzas that i talk about and write about manicomio with the huge flat new york style pizza uh lately i've been talking a lot about Asheville pizza south and their specialty pies and that's a thick crispy crust on that pizza but All Souls is kind of a smaller artisanal pie, and it was really great. Um, very tasty, and uh, it had been a long time since Don and I were in All Souls, and we enjoyed it very much. So get on into All Souls. Get into those three favorite places here in Asheville. Rocky's Hot Chicken Shack. Either get it delivered or uh, go in yourself. 12 Bones, also available via delivery um, through Kickback AVL. And um, I believe uh, the roster changes all the time, just as people are like, we're too busy for delivery. And then we'll take take them down for a little while and then put them back up. But check for yourself. And then All Souls Pizzeria down on Klingman Avenue. So check those three out, folks. And uh, thanks for listening to those little reviews. I will be back with a little more in a little bit. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helmlow, food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I just wanted to talk about food tours with you. Y'all know I do food tours. I talk about them all the time. I work for a company called Asheville Food Tours. They are an underwriter of the show as well. Thank you, Asheville Food Tours. And um, they uh, food tours are great, man. They're awesome. I took them to write about them first because I was writing about food and they knew it and they invited me to take a food tour and I took it and I loved it. And my expectations were set at zero for these food tours because I thought I would get just like a teeny tiny piece of food at every place. It would be long, boring. I'd be stuck with a bunch of people uh, and, you know, walking around and be hot and, and miserable, whatever. Uh, I had a great time on food tours when I took them to write about them. And so I asked for a job. I got the job and I've been doing it for five years and I freaking love it. And one of the things I love about it is watching the way that the restaurants use the food tours, like uh, restaurants do enjoy food tours. If we perceive in any way that they are not enjoying having us, we have a meeting with them and we talk about it. And if it's just not working for them, we don't go in. Like we ain't there to uh, make people unhappy. But restaurants love food tours, and three of our stalwart, or shall I say four of our just stalwart food tour, or let me bump that up to five, folks. Five of our just stalwart, rock solid, rock of Gibraltar, Gibraltar food stops on food tour are Modesto, Twisted Laurel, Storm, and Sun and Sunshine Sammy's and Manicomio Pizza. Like those are just five of the most rock solid food stops that we go to. And we are partnered and there are others. I'm just mentioning these five because I recently ate food on the food tour from these five. I don't always eat on the food tour. It's a lot of food, um, but we have lots of um, restaurant partners and lots of just solid pillars of our food tours others when i they're not as solid but what i mean by that is that they can't host us as regularly and um perhaps 
they find that they're just not into food tours in certain times of year and stuff like that. But these five are always there for us and we go in a lot. And if you're a local and you're listening to that list and you're like, well, I've been to all of those. Um, well, don't sleep on a food tour because it's a great way to experience all the ones you've been to. Plus we are definitely going to go to some you haven't been to unless you're like me and you eat at them all. And some like twisted Laurel may be a lot different than the last time you ate there. They've got this chef there named Tom LaFauci that is just knocking it out of the park, making really um, familiar not super creative dishes that are just delicious and cooked just right. And so I went into Twisted Laurel with a food tour recently. And, and the way that Tom likes to use the food tours is to experiment with his next menu uh, with the food tours. So for like five weeks before he puts out a new menu or sometimes even like two and a half months before he puts out a new menu, he starts test driving his dishes with the food tour. And he can tell like real easy how much people like them because here, there you go. You got anything from four to 14 servings of the same thing in front of a eclectic group of people. We hope we like it when our tours are eclectic. And, um, and, and then he can plainly see with his own eyes how much gets left behind and how much gets consumed. And lately at Twisted Laurel, people have been scraping their plates clean. So it's been really gratifying to see that. And Tommy, I always describe him as being like my Jewish grandmother. He doesn't ever let me leave his house without feeding me. So he always makes one for me. So I get to test drive the menu as he develops it too. The other day, he served us a really beautiful piece of swordfish on top of some sauce with some creamed spinach. And I'm telling you, he doesn't get like uh, and the swordfish was just crusted every centimeter of the outside of it was crusted with black pepper and it was it was fantastic i loved it um and you know again he he's not like rewriting the culinary bible or anything he's just making food that people like that's what i say about tom and the cream spinach like that's so funny i haven't had cream spinach on a plate and i don't even know how long it was fantastic, man. He did something to the onions in it to burn them up a little bit. And it was it was really good. So that's how Tom uses, the chef Tom LaFauci uses the food tours is to test drive his menu. So uh, then at Modesto, Chef Hector, when he's in the house, Chef Hector Diaz, the chef owner there, he likes to just throw things at the food tour, right? Like he, he just grabs a bunch of what's in the kitchen and he puts it together and it's not on the menu. It's just something delightful that he put together in the moment for the food tour. And it's always, always really good. And so he uses the food tour, I think, to sort of show some flair and get outside the box a little bit. Maybe use a few ingredients that he's got a lot of right then. I don't know. And, um, and then Modesto always pairs whatever Chef Hector makes for the tour with a nice glass of wine so they like to use the tours to sort of sort of show off their wine pairing skills and when i'm in there i always hype that you should go there if you enjoy wine with your meal because you can get it paired um, and they have a good wine list and a great a huge list of food that's just amazing the food at modesto is amazing so 
Chef Tommy test driving new the new menu on the tour. Chef Hector just creatively throwing stuff at the tour for fun, I believe, um, and to show people his chops. And then at Storm, Chef Jay Medford, he likes to sort of um, highlight a standard. Like sometimes they'll just give us their mac and cheese, which is always a specialty mac and cheese. This month it's an elote mac and cheese or a Mexican street corn, if you will. And uh, so sometimes just standards come out and those are bring them back kind of standards, you know, like everybody loves good mac and cheese. And sometimes he loves to throw a brand new menu item at the tour just to sort of, I think, to see the wow factor uh, with the tour takers. So recently he has thrown a braised rib at us that was just fell off the bone and was fantastic. And yesterday, uh, lo and behold, he threw a, a little tiny slider version of his brand new Elk Burger Big Mac. So it's a double patty with three pieces of bun, you know, just like a Big Mac would be stacked up. And it, it was a little version of it. You can see pictures online of all this food that I'm talking about um, on Facebook. Stu Helm Food Fan is my Facebook moniker. And uh, and so, yeah, it was it was fantastic. So local elk burger from Chef Jay Medford. I think just because when he's in the house, he loves to see the reactions of the people. So that one got a good reaction. And I'll tell you what, we were at the end of our tour and um, people were very full. They had had a lot of food at that point. They were literally kind of moaning and groaning and 90% of them crushed that elk burger, like just crushed it. And the other 10% sheepishly admitted that they just couldn't finish it, but it was delicious. Um, and so uh, the elk burger, and, and I had one and it was out of this world good. So that's really great. Get the, get the elk burger from Jay Medford. And then I just want to quickly talk about Manicomio pizza. They always do a great job throwing a cheese slice at us. We love Manicomio. Everybody loves Manicomio. It's got a very high success rate with our tour takers. Super authentic New York style pizza. And yesterday they gave us the regular cheese slice. Plus they gave us one of their new specialty slices. It was a mac and cheese covered Sicilian slice with barbecue sauce all over. It, and it was a collaboration with Bears Barbecue. So that was great. And this is part of why people were moaning and groaning. I had two slices of pizza at the manicomio. Um, and then uh, just quickly, quickly want to mention Sunshine Sammy's, one of our stalwart partners, always get a great snack there. And I popped in before the tour yesterday and they asked me if I wanted to sample their peanut butter and jelly ice cream, brand new flavor. And I said, yes, of course, who doesn't want to do that? And it was great. And so fantastic peanut butter and jelly ice cream at Sunshine Sammy's. And that's just a little roundup of five of our business partners and how they use the tours. You know, like Manicomio uses uses the tour, A, to give us a standard, the slice of pizza, and B, to throw something special at us to test drive it a little bit. It's their brand new specialty slice to see how people like it. And they gave me a slice and I loved it. And uh, and then Sunshine Sammy's, they use the tours basically to bring people back. You know, you give people a sample of an ice cream sandwich, they're going to come back. And so and all of the restaurants, of course, want the patrons to come back. So that is the main way that they use the food tours. All right, folks, that's that about food tours. I'll check in with you a little bit later about some other stuff. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.
Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, love food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters. And I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about burgers. Now, I know that I have talked to you a lot about burgers in the years that I've been writing and talking to you. I've been doing this in Asheville, writing about food, talking about food for nine years now. And uh, so I've covered a lot of burgers in those that time. I, I at one time was attempting to eat like every burger in downtown Asheville and write about it. Yeah, that didn't last. I, I That's an impossible thing to try to do. So, you know, I got over that. But I have continued to eat burgers. I give out a Burger of the Year award every year, and it has gone to some great burgers over the years. And uh, But this year, I was just telling somebody, I was telling my friend Vince at uh, Twisted Laurel, Vince is the manager at Twisted Laurel, that I was going to now start doing two categories of burger, best burger or burger of the year awards every year. And they would be smash burgers and bar burgers. So smash burgers, of course, says it all right in the name smash. The patties are thin. They're smashed down into the grill and they don't come in temperatures. Like you don't order medium, medium rare or well, you just get, a smash burger. And then if you want to maximize it, usually smash burgers are available in single, double, and triple patty. And so you have some control over how much food you want to intake at, in the moment. So that's a smash burger. And it's usually not very fancy. Usually just got lettuce, tomato, onion, pickles, American cheese on a white bun. So that's pretty basic stuff. And sometimes it doesn't even come with all of that. It's just cheese. <laughs> and so, um, and then there's the bar burger, or sometimes I'll call it a specialty burger or a fancy burger. And those tend to be a much thicker patty and they tend to be ordered to temperature. Sometimes, you know, medium, medium, rare, rare. I remember Ox Bar or not Ox Bar, but King James Pub owned by Chef Stephen Goff, who also owned the Ox Bar and currently owns Tasty Diner. And I'm doing a tasting at Tasty tomorrow. So I'll check in with you guys next week about that. But uh, at King James Pub, he had a sear burger, a sear burger. And that was just seared on the outside. It was practically raw on the inside. And I was not actually a huge fan of the sear burger, but Stephen at Ox Bar introduced his Animal House burger, which was like a fancy smash burger so it was like both worlds came together on that the patties were smashed you got a double single triple patty but it had a lot of stuff on it uh so so anyways i'm breaking my burger best burger of the year award up into two different categories because they are just two such different beasts there is just no comparing a really good basic smash burger to a really over-the-top bar burger and I love them both, although these days I'm leaning more smash than bar and not because I don't drink, but just because I'm trying not to eat until I'm like stuffed and miserable and smash burgers giving me that control over how many patties I want. That is one way to keep from being stuffed or to or to really load it on if I want to, whereas a bar burger is typically going to be way too much food no matter what. And I'm going to have to maybe cut it in half and save half for later. And while I do reheat burgers at home, they are not the most optimal food to reheat. And so 
while I used to go bananas for a bar burger, these days I'm going more towards the smash burger. And that is typical of me and typical of people in general that we would swing back and forth between fancy and not fancy basically, or, you know, one thing or the other. But in most cases I see the food trends go from fancy and complicated, simple and basic. And those are the two sort of swings of that pendulum right there. And right now I'm swinging towards basic. So I have some favorite smash burgers around town. I've already talked about them recently with you guys. Um, burger works does a great smash burger. Um, this is one of my uh, foothills out in Black Mountain. I had a great smash burger there. And uh, my favorite one these days is at Twisted Laurel, downtown Asheville, which is why I was talking to Vince about this very thing. So um, one thing I love about the smash burger at Twisted Laurel is it's got a nice crispy edge. The chef told me he squirts a ring of French's mustard around the patty on the grill before smashing it down. And it gets a little crispy around the edge, which uh, is an innovation as far as I know, or maybe it's a tradition. What do I know about anything? So, but anyways, um, so that is like what a smash burger is. It's a loose clump of meat dropped on a very hot grill and smashed down for a quick sear. And it should bring out a nice sear on it. And I, I looked up smash burger because there is a chain called smash burger. And I was just curious about that. And um, so, yeah, it's a chain with over 220 locations. It's got a lot of locations. They are all over the world. Um, they're, well, they're not all over the world. They're in the United States. There's two in Canada, from what I could tell. And then there may or may not still be. There were at one time and possibly still are locations in Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, and Bahrain. So a weird split there. I guess you go where the money is in this world. Um, and there's money in Bahrain and those areas for sure. So those, it, it but I recent, I read a recent thing that said they had X number of locations in the United States and Canada, and it didn't mention the Middle East. And so I don't know if those locations are still around. Now, here's some trivia about the Smashburger chain. For one thing, it about half of the restaurants are corporate owned and the other half are franchises, FYI. Uh, the restaurant was started by two people who are considered veterans of the fast food world. And they are the guy who was the founder of Quiznos, if you can believe that. Remember Quiznos? Quiznos has my favorite TV commercials for any fast food chain ever. They are often listed as the worst commercials for anything ever. But if you look them up on YouTube, I loved those crazy, weird Quiznos commercials. So the founder of Quiznos and get this, the guy who invented or at least helped to develop the stuffed crust pizza at Pizza Hut, or as we like to call it, Pizza the Hut. Um, and so the guy who invented stuffed crust pizza or the major developer of it and the Quiznos founder started Smashburger and the chain Smashburger and, uh, the, the technique of the Smashburger is, was developed. What I read online, it said in the great lakes region, which I'm sorry, Wikipedia, but that is an enormous region. Like that's a huge region. 
So thanks for pinpointing it to the uh, Great Lakes region. And um, in the Great Lakes region, and I want to repopularize this term, it was called the Pressed Chuck Burger. That's not all caps. That's not a chain or, or a name or copywritten. Go ahead and copyright it if you want, Pressed Chuck. And it's Pressed, like in the past tense, P-R-E-S-S-E, Pressed Chuck Burger. So a Pressed Chuck Burger. I like that. I'm going to start using that. Um, the name Smash Burger was actually copywritten and coined by the two guys who started the chain. Um, now the chain is no longer owned by those two gentlemen. They have had their success, made their millions. They have cut out. If you want to read an interesting sort of story about how to make a million bucks, read the just the Wikipedia page of Smashburger was very informative about how they did so much test marketing and they had a real plan. They designed the kitchen a specific way. They had a very um, honed in vision to develop a chain restaurant. And so it was kind of interesting to me. I tend to be a small thinker. I like to think of boutique terms, small ownership and stuff like that. So it was kind of interesting for me to read about the kind of market research and stuff that went into just starting Smashburger before they even opened it. They even literally bought a standalone restaurant from what I could tell uh, that was already around and a burger place and they bought it and took it over and used that as their own sort of model and test market. These guys already had a lot of money from fast food world. You know, they worked at McDonald's and stuff like that. So um, in between inventing stuffed crust pizza and starting Quiznos. Um, and so they, they did, they had the time, they had the resources. They even opened a little Potemkin village uh, version of a restaurant and ran that for a while in order to see the optimal way to run their chain. So yeah, that was pretty interesting to read about the development of the smash of smash burger, the chain. Um, and now I know about the pressed Chuck being the origin of the actual smash burger technique. Um, now smash burger opened their first location in 2007. They are now owned by, and I started to mention this no longer owned by those two guys now owned by a Philippine based food conglomerate called Jollibee Foods. Jollibee or maybe Jollibee, J-O-L-I-B-E-E, -E, Jollibee Foods and um, Jollibee Food Corporation, sorry. And so no longer owned by the original founders. And I've never been to a Smashburger. I would like to try one. It's supposed to be better than the average fast food place. And I and they did a lot of research on beef. They even tested Wagyu and they ended up using Angus. And so according to what I read, they use Angus beef at these stores. Now, so that's all about Smash Burgers. And oh, here comes my friend Stephen Goff is joining us. Hey, Stephen, how are you? Hey there. Sorry, got a little uh, out of hand making some birds. Oh, good. Doing the actual. I've been, I've been talking about burgers, and I just went over a whole big history of the Smash Burger and where it came from and stuff, and uh, and the chain. I talked about the chain. So you missed all the boring stuff, and I was just about to start talking about bar burgers and the difference between a bar burger and a Smash Burger. So I've described a Smash Burger to death, and to me, a bar burger is a thicker, fancier burger than a Smash Burger, and you could also call it a special. Yeah. Tell, well, first of all, forget about me. How are you? What, tell me about what you're doing. 
You're outside your new restaurant, the Tasty Diner. This is amazing. Chef Stephen Goff just joins me out of nowhere. You're breaking yeah, up a we're, little bit. Uh, we're, we, just opened, we just opened, and I didn't realize. Am I still breaking up? A little bit, but we're, we're going to power through. Breaking up? Yeah. I'm trying to get as close to the modem as I can without being near loud. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. We're serving up some burgs. And when you're talking Ashbergs versus Big Bergs. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, so, what's your opinion? What's your favorite? Well, I was just telling everybody that I lean towards Smashburgers these days, but that's just the pendulum swinging for me. I tend to go from wanting things being super fancy and exciting to wanting things to be pretty basic. And right now, my favorite thing is just a basic single or double patty Smashburger with American cheese and pickles on a white bun. Maybe mustard, maybe ketchup, but maybe no condiments needed if it's got a nice flavor to it. So that's where I'm uh, leaning these days. No condiments. I'm, I've been a, I, I, I have my pendulum swing too, but mine swings like every five years. Okay. So I've been on the smash burger kick for a hot minute. I mean, I just, there's just something nostalgic and like childhoody about smash burgers, you know? But then every time I eat a big burger or a specialty burger, I'm reminded how much I do love those big boys, especially when they're like nice and medium, medium rare in the middle. Yeah. Nice crust on the outside, some kind of cool toppings like lardo or gouda or I don't know, something. Yeah. Something fancy. Something fancy and creative piece of the, mo the most recently really fancy mm -hmm. burger I had was from uh, the chop shop uh truck and it uh, their burger has cheese wings they call it so they have this like a massive piece of burnt cheese on top that gave it a lot of crunch and umami flavor so yeah that, it was very good i think i gave it an award um at least i gave it a nomination so that's yeah. that's kind of like super creative in my opinion versus the plain old smash burger but tell me what burgers were you serving up just now at tasty i know that you're I mean, right now That's we just open. have that classic ox burger on the menu. So it's, you know, just an basically an in-and-out animal style, but with our our sauce, which is, you know, since I grew up cooking in Spanish restaurants, my 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 animal sauce is actually Brava's sauce. I could get on patatas Bravas. Okay. And then I take all of my, any pickles that are ugly or any like fermented pickles that but soften up a little bit, I puree those and fold those in there, you know, so you get that you get that nice fermented flavor and you get the crunch of a quick pickle as well. Um, and that's what I like in one, you know, and the, the Brava's base, you know, it's got coriander and cumin and all these good flavors in it, EVO, lemon juice. Just that fresh flavor you always expect from Spanish cuisine. That sounds great, Stephen. I miss the... <laughs> God, I was a big fan, of course, of all your restaurants, and I missed the um, Ox Burger, uh, the Animal House Burger, I think it was called. Um, yeah. It was crazy. I just man. changed it over. The name on the menu now is just Ox Burger. It's Ox Burger. A reminder of the, the old Ox Burger, you know? Yeah, for sure. A little nostalgia never hurts. And I, yeah. now you told me a while ago you were considering maybe bringing back the Sear Burger from King James. Is that still a possibility? Yeah, I mean, that actually goes right in with our thing about the pendulum swinging. I've been on the Smash Burgers since 2017, so it's about time for me to allow in some fat boys again. Okay. And people always ask me about that King James Burger, so it's like, you know, Tasty Diner seems like a perfect place to throw that on, you know? Yeah, I agree. 
and just like you know at ox we had so many things on the menu i didn't want to have too many burgers on but here it's more you know it's a diner so a couple birds i think i was just thinking to myself that i would love for to take sort of a nostalgic walk down memory lane by having a a sear burger and ox burger and then like a tasty diner style burger i used to get this one that was called the carolina i think or no i'm sorry the southwestern that i really like that tasty so whatever you're doing steven i'm a fan you you are I don't know. The audience probably already knows this. Anybody who's been following me knows that you are my favorite chef in town. And I don't mind saying that. Sorry, other chefs. I love you too. But Stephen, your cooking to me exemplifies the Asheville food scene because partly because of the these burgers that we're talking about right now, like high quality food, but it's also fat kid food and just freaking delicious and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so hard. Like I'm, I'm always struggling when writing a menu on how deep into fat kid food I get and how deep into like chefiness I get. Like my, my poor wife all week, I've been showing her the, the tasty takeout menu and I'm like, it's not too chefy, is it? It's not too damn chefy, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love that about you. I mean, that's what I mean. There are chefs in this town that don't get chefy at all. And there are chefs in this town that are only chefy. And you're like the baby bear. You're, I mean, you're, you you and a couple of other chefs. I really admire Chef Jay Medford for some of the same reasons from Storm Rumbar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that dude. Yeah, and um, yeah, but I and that to me is Asheville, like that combination of the highbrow and the lowbrow, the impeccable ingredients and some trash, like throw some funyuns on top or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just we just developed this week this uh, Cool Ranch Doritos Chili Crunch that we're putting on our. Uh, on our vegan deviled egg sandwich. So I love, you know, I love incorporating like junk food into, into, into things, you know, because again, to me, it's like the smash burger. It gives that nostalgia, you know? And like, yeah. I do think like, this is such a good podcast, like the burger podcast, because it is so Asheville, you know, Asheville loves highbrow and loves lowbrow. They, yep. So they love burgers of all kinds. Yes, they do. And I miss the battle of the burgers, Stephen. I'm sure the restaurants are somewhat relieved that they don't have to throw down every year and try to feed 2,000 or 5,000 people. Know. Every time I talk to Kelly, I'm like, so, so bummed because I, it was such a good time and we got to all hang out, network yeah. with one another. Yeah. I mean, that's what I like about like, those type of competitions, it, it brings up the camaraderie in our scene. And, you know, a lot of times we're stuck in our own kitchens and we don't get to meet other the other chefs or or even the diners that we're feeding, you know, because we're too busy running our business. Absolutely. So those are always great moments to get to, like, meet everyone else in town, taste what they're proud of, you know. Absolutely, man. I was just talking to the new director of AIR. Uh-huh. And uh, she was saying that they're bringing Taste of Asheville back. And I told her, oh, that's my favorite food event of the year used to be and she asked me why and i said oh because it's like a family reunion you know it's like you see everybody you know like the the owners the makers the eaters like yeah people people, i i told her i always dress in the same outfit but people dress up for taste of Asheville, and it's kind of nice to see and so i'm looking forward to it they're bringing it back this year oh i'm excited next year it'll be in march i think okay that's cool yeah yeah. Um, let's talk more about Tasty Diner because uh, you you just recently reopened. We talked to you for the podcast not that long ago, um, but you hadn't opened yet, and now you're rocking. You're serving people. Just tell us what your hours are to start with. 
Uh, we're doing takeout Thursday through Sunday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And actually, the di- the patio is open. You can get things on plates here. You know, okay. uh, I just really wanted to like slowly transition us into to being open while I'm building the staff and finishing up inside. You know, it, the longer that this project started to take me, the more it was like I want it to be exactly how I want it when we like fully open. You know. Yeah, put all the love in it. I mean, for it's the oldest restaurant in Nashville. Who, it it needs that love. It needs to be like showered with with love and affection. You know, yeah. to me, you know, like that. Like, I just think I just am so proud to be able to, you know, take on this establishment that has meant so much to this city. You know, I I, think I mean that being said, fit. I am like you know I I like to do things my way, but you know like I've said in the past like i just i feel like a restaurant should reflect its owner or a chef or whoever's the visionary behind it you know and and have that personality i can always i can always feel when the owner or the chef like had a personal hand in every piece you know yeah i do i know exactly what you're saying and man when i heard that you were taking over tasty that made me very happy and i wasn't sure what approach you were going to take to it but of course you're taking the approach that fits exactly with what you've done everywhere is pay homage to the past and look towards the future, put yep. your own personality on the plate and on the walls um, with the decor and stuff. So I'm, yep. I'm excited to see what the inside of the restaurant looks like. So you're not open for indoor dining at all yet. Uh, no, the, the six seats at the diner bar, you can sit there. I, I just like, the dining room is still, you know, I'm working with a local artist and she's going to curate art for the walls in there that, that, that will be for sale. And uh, I still have just a, like, and just a few more like housekeeping issues that need to get fixed, like electricity wise and okay. like dimmer lights, you know what I'm Just little things, but, and I also need to hire an entire front of house staff. So Oh yeah, that little thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you shouldn't have any problem. There's no staffing issues anywhere, Stephen. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, know. I know. We're yeah. over overrun with staff. and Yeah, they're just everywhere. Uh, it's been hard I mean, for people to stay staffed. And I was just talking to a restaurateur the other day who, until recently, was hoping to reopen on Sunday and Monday, which they had closed for staffing reasons. But yeah. he said, man, we all got used to it. We're going to stay closed on Sunday and Mondays from yeah. now on. Yeah. I mean, so many people did. And if you can make the numbers work, why not? You yeah. know, but yeah, that's I mean, the thing. He was making the numbers work and he's was the manager. So he's all about yeah. numbers, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, though, you know, it's not just the numbers. Like it is harder on me and my staff for us to be open seven days. But like. I always want to be industry focused and and as a member of the hospitality industry on Sunday, I like between Sunday and Tuesday and any city, I'm frequently shit out of luck, you know? So like I try to make sure we are open on those days. So, or I don't know, actually, maybe I shouldn't have said the S word. Uh, anyway, no, you shouldn't Steven, but I can bleep it out before we <laughs> go to broadcast. Yeah. Where anyway. Yeah. Sunday through Tuesdays, a lot of times you're out of luck as a restaurant worker. You know, those are our days off. And so I try to make sure that we have something on offer for, you know, our peers in the in the restaurant community. Yeah, I I agree. Well, as an eater, I just love any expanded hours. Make yeah. me happy, you know, and shrinking hours make me sad. 
But um, then when I hear a restaurant say, oh, we got used to having Sunday and Monday off, I'm like, well, good for you, man. Enjoy that. That's awesome. I can find oh, some place else to eat, right? There's plenty of <laughs> options to eat for me, but plenty. not not as many options for a day off for the restaurateurs. So no, they deserve that day off. I'm definitely sure not do. talking down on it. I'm just... No, I, I, I'm on both sides, Stephen. I'm, I'm strictly straddling the fence on this one. Like, like take a day off, but stay open if you can. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I would, yeah. So brother, I'm coming in tomorrow with uh, Lucho, Luis Carlos to try some of your food to do a tasting. I'm super excited huh? about it. Um, will there be burgers involved with our tasting tomorrow? Uh, I mean, it'll be the classic ox burger, but yeah, I was gonna. I'm. I. You guys need need to be ready to take home to go boxes because I was planning on cooking almost everything, if not everything. Perfect. That's music to my ears. I'm gonna show yeah. up with with Tupperware, Stephen. I'll be like a lady showing up with Tupperware. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I got to wrap it up. I really appreciate you joining me to talk about burgers, and I can't yeah. wait to see you tomorrow. And uh, Lucho and I will both be recording and taking pictures and stuff. So I'm oh, super excited, man. Yeah, me too. Perfect. Thank you, man. Talk All to right. you tomorrow. Yeah. Have a great day. Bye. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to my show this week. And I want to thank WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains here in Western North Carolina, for taking my humble little podcast and turning it into a broadcast and putting it on the radio twice a week. You can listen to my show on Fridays at 5 p.m., on Saturdays at 11 a.m. And, of course, you can catch my show anytime online at uh, stewhelm.com substack.com or maybe that's substack.com slash Stu Helm food fan. I don't know. Just do a Google search for Stu Helm and Substack and you'll find it there. I, these URLs, I'm too old. I'm, folks, I've been remembering URLs since the 1980s, it feels like. And I just can't remember them anymore. But I do know that my moniker is Stu Helm food fan. And you can find that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Substack, even YouTube. And, of course, I have my own blog, and that is stuhelmfoodfan.com. So please look me up. I'd love to hear your recommendations. Join my Facebook group if you want to have more of a personal chat with me and other food people about what's happening in and around Asheville. I, I can't get enough of the food in this town. I really can't. The food is amazing. Yesterday, I had two different chicken sandwiches from Buxton Chicken Palace, and they were excellent, man. Um, it's it's kind of chaotic inside the SW cafeteria, but it's beautiful in there. And the fried chicken was awesome. So yeah, man, can't get enough of this food. I love it. Please eat something delicious and tell me about it. All right, folks, I'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye.
This episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.